Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Monday. You know what that means. It's me, your boy, Big Tasty, joined once again by Jay. How's it going, Jay? I'm all good. I'm all good. We've 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 brought in the top free agents. We've let Aaron. He's he's departed like Cody Rhodes. We, we've we've let Aaron's contract expire. Um, I felt his podcasting wasn't good enough. And we brought <laughs> and we brought in the top free agents. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we're going to make Jay and Aaron have a ladder match uh, next week to see who becomes the face of the AW review. I'll grab the brass ring and make them. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been another big week for AW. I mean, we're, we're firmly on the, the road to revolution now. We're like, as we as we you're like less than a week away as we speak now, as we sit here. Yeah, this time um, next week it'll be well, it could be a lot of things that will have happened. Um, they haven't announced anything yet, have they, for um, the final person or people in the face of the revolution ladder match? Have they? They've got have they got six now. No five. Well, I'll, I'll get I'll get the card up because Hobbs Wardlow. Um, going to be going. Lee. We'll go through the matches as they sort of solidify over the week, over the course of what we talk about this week, and we'll give our predictions. It's not 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 you're just quick and dirty. Not like we're not going to set anything in stone. We'll do that on the day. Yeah. So currently we have. Oh yeah, one left. Keith Lee versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Orange Cassidy versus TBD. Definitely not worth. Well, on um, the, there were seven people in it last year. Was it six plus plus the Joker? Six plus the Joker, which was um, Ethan Page. Um, yeah, so you'd think they're gonna add another person on the go home. Yeah, possible. Then, at least some point this week. Um, or they'll have a... You know, I, I reckon, you know, you know they I love reckon, a surprise entrant, don't they? I reckon surprise entrant's going to be Cesaro because Tony Khan can't resist having <laughs> Cesaro drop the brand. Ring of Honor Mark. I mean, I'm right with him, don't worry. You know, the, the fact that Vince McMahon said that Claudio Castagnoli isn't incapable of grabbing the, the brass ring. Just have him turn up and do it straight away. And yeah, Tony Khan has the ability to book him do it immediately. Like a few days after he's left the company. I mean, before we get into before we get into dynamite, goddamn, there's nine matches on this card already. Yeah, and I don't see any of them going onto the pre-show. I've got a funny feeling it's going to be Jade and Ty. Oh, that's the, you, you can't do them dirty. Be. Yeah, it shouldn't be, but I've got a funny feeling it will be. I mean, if it's based on what else is on based on what else on it, though, like I mean. If it's if you're just going off like what's the least, could, what's got the least stakes, be, then it's the it's the tornado tag match. Yeah, as I say, it could be the tornado tag. You're, you're, you're not putting you're not putting Sting on the fucking yeah, Darby on the fucking pay per view. You're not putting Sting on the fucking pre show. I no, absolutely not. You might announce something on the day like they've done that a few times, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd really like them if they're going to do a pre show match. I'd like them to do like Chris v Layla. Yeah, that'd be down. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? 
Um, yeah. But they could, yeah, they can just throw it What else they could do? But anything else? They've been like kind of running in the background. Um, John Silver versus Smart Mark Stone. Have Serena just do another match? Yeah. Do yeah, do a five minute professor rookie challenge. Yeah, but then bring out someone like you know hardcore. Bring on like a bring on like Athena or someone, and just have a pizza or something. I don't know. I've been thinking about this. I've got a theory that the rookie challenge is leading up to Serena versus Jade. Oh, it's okay. Because Jade's obviously a rookie. Yeah, well, they're talking about her like being a rookie, aren't they? And like sort of they keep ref- they keep having people refer to Jade as a rookie. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's a very deliberate use of language. Yeah, Serena Deeb keeps going on about be- be- beating rookies in five minutes. So I think it's going to lead up to like Deeb challenging Jade and Jade just destroying her. I'd be happy for that. And then maybe turn Jade face from that. Jade's kind of. She's I mean, all, she's already getting over enough that she could be a face if she wants to. Yeah, she's she's getting towards she, the line now. I think where you've got to start thinking like, she's, is there a point where it's going to be a natural face turn? She's got the same appeal as Britt Baker. Yeah, um, in the sense that she's she's a heel, and we all know she's a heel, but she still kind of like gets the reaction of a face because she's like a cool heel. She's that bitch, mate. She is that bitch. Uh, right, no, then. No, that's the other thing the build will do, isn't it? To put, lay in the groundwork for Brit versus uh, versus Jade, yeah, as well. Uh, right then, so we'll we'll start off with Dynamite. Um, we've got a fair bit to get through, and this started off. I mean, I love it when you start. I mean, we love it when we start off with a tag team match. What better to start off with than a tag team battle royal? And there was a whole yeah. lot of meat in the ring at the start of this one. Couple of couple of teams notable by their absence as well, though. Yeah, no acclaimed. Um, as no acclaimed. No, we were known Grayson. Um, the Dark Order represents just by Silver and Reynolds. By Silver and Reynolds, yeah. Um, there's, there's definitely another team that's made, like quite big team. Obviously, Kings of the Black Throne, Lucha Bros. No was, Chaos Project. We're busy. Oh, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, it's quite, quite, um, quite interesting. Well, you don't know who's in the one on in this week. Do you? you don't know it's going to be the same well, the teams. You don't know it's going to be different teams. teams. No men of the year. That was the other team. No men of the year. Yeah. Well, but they they sort of addressed that, didn't they? Uh, later on in the show, they did. They did. To be fair, it's a bit of a lackluster address, like, but they did. Right. Well, we'll crack on. So, I mean, it starts off pretty fast and furious. Alex Reynolds goes out early. The Ass Boys go out pretty early. Um, bodies just fly out. The Blade goes out pretty early. Um, the Blade house at one point. Butcher gets a massive big man spot where he just runs through everyone, which is great. Yeah, he, he he looks really good in this. I think best friends look really good in this. Uh, Santana looks like a million bucks in this match. Like he really Sil- gets- Silver looked really good in this. Silver looked great. Still got a massive moment. That meme of, <laughs> of one of the gun club going over the roof while Santana's just smiling behind him. Yeah, it's already Santa- fantastic. Santana eliminated Austin, didn't he? And then as Colton's like, "Oh wait, what?" You see Santana just like put the thumbs up behind him and eliminate. <laughs> That was great. Uh, so basically, we ended up with um, oh, and there was a big surprise early on. There was Nick Jackson was eliminated fairly early by FTR. Yeah, before that though, we did also get a face off between FTR and the Bucks. Yeah, and the crowd, the were, the crowd was, were hot for that. The pop was huge. Like they they could literally put FTR versus the Bucks on Revolution with fuck all build, and I think people would be excited. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely need to do that again because we've only ever really had that once. Um, 
and it was for mm. the tag titles, wasn't it? So, yeah. Um, yeah, well, one with like no stakes would be quite a good kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, just I mean, because the books just, are, the, the books are on the road, the books are on like the road to turn and face again, aren't they? Like with this whole Adam Cole thing. Yeah. So that'd be a really nice way to sort of get them back, you know, back on that side. Uh, we had another big pop as well when we had a stare down between uh, Trent and Santana. Yeah, that was cool. A little, a little throwback to, I, and, and they, I, they referenced it as well on commentary, which was really nice. Yeah, I'd actually like. When when there was the pop, I'd completely forgotten about that match, even though I love it. I was just like, Wait, "Why the fuck's everyone going mad?" And I was like, "Oh shit, yeah." Because it feels like it happened about ten years ago because of lockdown. Yeah, yeah. But anytime you get best friends and proud and powerful to uh, team up, well, just any of these teams really against each other. Because it's weird. It's weird that like even though they've got such a good tag division, there's so many like matches that you just like go, "I'd love to see that again," or "I'd love yeah. to see that happen." Uh, right, so we ended up then with like a sort of final group. Of, there were no complete teams at this point. We had John Silver, Dax, Santana, Trent, and Matt Jackson. Yeah, Dax sort of like looked like much as well. Yeah, Dax had a really good. I mean, Dax is always, whether he's a, even as a singles guy, Dax is always impressive, isn't he? You know, he never, mm. never sort of lets you down. Yeah. And then, so there was a bit, <laughs> there was a bit, it was just, it was quite funny where um, O'Reilly and Dax were on the outside, sort of having a go at each other. This was after so, so Trent and John Silver got eliminated by Kyle O'Reilly and Matt Jackson. They sort of teamed up, didn't they, to eliminate the faces? Yeah. And then there was a bit where O'Reilly and Dax were on the outside, and you could see Bobby Fish trying his best to stay out the camera shot. Yeah. Um, so, what didn't didn't Bobby Fish help eliminate Cash as well? No, it was just that was just um, John Silver, I think. Oh, or was it? Yeah. But no, Bobby Fisher, who had been eliminated, was sort of just hiding behind the like, round side of the ring, but you could blatantly see him. And he was trying yeah. his very he was trying his very best to be as inconspicuous as possible, but it was utterly not yeah. working. And then, of the ring. and then he sort of ran around, sort of kicked out Dax's leg as he was on the apron. That sort of helped him get eliminated. And then I know then it was John Silver, sorry. Uh, Matt Jackson and Kyle O'Reilly were the last three. Yeah, and then Matt Jackson kicked, kicked John Silver. The two guys team up to eliminate him, and then O'Reilly just basically does a betray on Matt Jackson and throws him out. Which, when you say that, but it's it's a competitive match, so you know the the aim of the game is to win. Well, it was weird, wasn't it? Because like O'Reilly goes down holding the shoulder, and Matt Jackson just eliminates him. Um, was it Silver or Dax? Silver. Um, and then from like. From Matt Jackson eliminating Silver, O'Reilly eliminates him, but then they're arguing like, "Wait, you said we could win this." Yeah. So it's kind of like it's almost like they had like an agreement that one team is going to win one and one team is going to win the other. Yeah, the books had kind of like like got like the sort of like politic and almost almost like even out politic. No oh, shocker. Um, yeah, so maybe the books were meant to meant to win the first one and then they were going to help Red Dragon next week. Yeah, but right, obviously Kyle O'Reilly just sees the moment and uh, threw him out. Um, so Red Dragon win. They they got they're the first team to go in, and that, that I mean, obviously sets up the fact that the books are going to win next week, doesn't it? I was going to say yes, but then the fact that Bobby Fish helped eliminate FTR. You think FTR might be in there? FTR are always in for a shout. The th- the thing with AW is they're unpredictable. Like mm. there's so many teams they could like just surprise us and put in. And it would be like 
it'd be cool. So, as I say, could do could do FTR. They could do the acclaim. They're fucking massively over at the moment. Yeah, um, they're, they're super hard, aren't they? I I think in a way, it not being the young books almost lends more to them to the narrative. I mean, obviously, it's going to be the young books because they're the only fucking EVPs who are wrestling at the moment who aren't on the fucking show. Yeah, but. I, I wouldn't be against seeing like as I say, FTR would be would be perfect because then you've got like the kind of the kind of like oh you you will you eliminated those by cheating. Where the big yeah. cheat team. So they could they could turn it around in the second one. Absolutely. So then post match, um the young books of Red Dragon have a bit of a fight. Adam Page's music hits, he comes out, uh, beats up. So this is interesting, he beats up fishing around in the young books, just like whatever, and they just like sort of walk off. Yeah, they don't. They don't try and help him out or anything. Um, Adam Cole comes out. Uh, Page hits a buckshot on Kyle. Grabs a mic. Cuts a really good promo. Yeah. Oh my god! It's it's they're they're really doing a, a, a I mean they're having to go full speed on the bill for this because it kind of got they got to it a bit late. Like the Adam Cole Adam Page feud, but my god, this this week really did a good job of making me hype for that match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you say they got to it late, but at the same time, like it, they they've been teasing it since like January. I think it just feels late because of like how long they built Kenny V Hangman. So I think anything yeah. anything they do after that is gonna for a little bit is gonna feel if it doesn't have like a six month build, it's gonna feel like a little bit rushed. It's not, yeah. but it just it just feels that way because of because of well, like how how everything else has gone. What's weird is with like the world title picture. They've always kind of, they've always got something bubbling under the surface for like the feud where you see the 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 um, title reign changing, and like obviously we think that's MJF. Yeah, and MJF sort of bubbling away because like he's talked briefly about joining for the title, and like even back when like the Danielson Hangman match was going on at the start of the year, like Adam Cole was talking about like climbing up the rankings and sort of you know being number one ranked and stuff like that. So yeah, they, they always they've always got the next iron in the fire already sort of warming up. Like right now we think it's MJF. It could be someone else. It could be Punk. You don't know. Yeah. So I mean the the way I was, the way I was looking at it was like when when you think of uh, Kenny's like reign, we knew Hangman was the throne and Kenny. We just didn't know when. Yeah. The throne and Kenny, and we got like so many false starts on that. Um, and obviously, like the like the Christian feud was quite quickly set up to get to that match, and like those like little mini feuds in between pay per views Kenny had, and he had the rematch with Mox, and it was the other oh pack an orange, yeah, the triple threat, which was oh. uh, I mean that was a match that came out of nowhere and was just amazing. So you know, yeah. So I, I I kind of like the fact that they do have like these sort of like, and it's usually down to the rankings, but they've got it in a way where it's like it's like just a new challenger appears, but you kind of already know or have it. You you can always always already have like an idea in your mind of who's going to be the person to beat that beat the champion. Like yeah. when Je- when Jericho won the belt, we knew Mox was the throne, and when Mox won it, everyone kind of thought, well. Kenny's the like logical person to dethrone him. Um and yeah, I think I think obviously Hangman is gonna lose it to MJF eventually. It feels and because they've done such a deliberate thing of keeping them apart. Yeah. But if, uh, but again, they've got history. So you go back to the first Dynamite Diamond Ring final. It was Hangman and 
And but also the other thing is that that makes me think that oh yeah, that, that's the road they're going on. Is that the building Wardlow up already to take it off MJF? Yeah, they're laying that groundwork already. They're already laying the groundwork, which makes me think double or nothing. MJF beat Hangman for it, and then probably all else Wardlow's gonna beat MJF for. It. Yeah, MJF doesn't. MJF doesn't need like a fucking Kenny esque uh, title reign. No, he, he can he can do what like The Rock used to do and just have like fucking a little or Triple H used to do and just have like little short shitty. Yeah, little ones here and there, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, right then, so moving on, next we have backstage with Tony Schiavone and Brian Danielson, basically saying about Daniel Garcia, uh, and this is really cool, just putting over Daniel Garcia big, basically saying he reminded him of a young version of himself. He yeah. also said that he's going to answer Moxley's sort of challenge almost tonight as well, after the match. Um, did they cross a line by calling Garcia's dad's idiots, though, that was... Yes, he did. That was a, that was a little bit too personal for my liking. Uh, next up, then one of the big talking points of the show, um, MGF's promo. Oh man, this was for me. This was probably like top three promos in AEW ever. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because like everyone just says MGF's like, oh, he's he's just this. I mean, he. Like not everyone, but detractors from MJF say, "Oh, he's just this like cheap heat machine who just like says things to get heat, and like there's no subtlety there." And yeah. this here, here's your subtlety right here. Like this yeah. was this was Wait, masterful. Literally got MJF to cut one of the best babyface promos I've ever seen, but in a way that felt in a way like, that felt like it was still MJF being a like it, it still felt really threatening in a way. Like it felt yeah. like, but it like what was cool as well is like that's. That's all like his kind of like story. Like he's he spoke about that in interviews before, um, when he's like not been in character. That's yeah, that's literally like his origin story. Like that that's one thing I got like um, and it's great because it's basically saying, Look, CM Punk made me the way I am. Like the reason I'm this person is because CM Punk abandoned me. Like he is this that, is my this is my super villain origin story, and like CM Punk created me basically. That's where um that's that's where um the like he can the he can come from the fact that punk's like punk came out looking conflicted and looking like o- almost like as if he was like felt responsible for for like all the shit that mjf went through but it's the fact that mjf's putting that on punk is like what's the real like heelish thing there because it's like it's like because i had a shitty time and you walked away you fucked up my life. Yeah. And it's it's like it doesn't belittle the fact that MJF went through that stuff. That stuff. But it's it, his but his reaction to it is what makes him a bad person. Yeah, it's the fact that he's blaming Punk for it. Yeah, but it's not Punk's fault that he's a prick. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But, but that's Punk, like, but Punk put him on that path at the same time. Yeah, but that that's why like it it's such a good like kind of like nuanced story because you've got You've got the whole like MGF being like, look, I didn't want to be a bad guy. I I I grew to hate the world because of this shit. And because he walked away from us for seven years. And because he's like because Punk came out and like looked genuinely like concerned that like Oh, when like, Punk came out was so good. Like he'd just stay just there on the other side of the thing, just, just shouting, is that true? And yeah. MGF just like MGF like legitimately crying in the middle of the round. Yeah. I thought they were gonna hug. I I thought, and I think I'm glad he didn't do it. Because I think it it 
the fact that they left it lingering means that Punk's got a week to like kind of like think about it. Well, that's it. Like it ended when they took a stand Jericho threw the mic on the floor and got out the ring. Because I thought they were gonna Punk was gonna hug him and like console him, and MJF was just gonna hoof him in the dick or something. <laughs> because that's just like the most MJF thing he could have done. But the fact that he left, uh, like left the ring in tears, and it the fact as well that like. MJF had like a week to kind of stew on Punk showing the picture of him and MJF of him and MJF when MJF was a kid. And then like because he didn't say anything in reaction to the dog collar match. No. He came out and then he walked away defeated. So the fact that he's had a week to kind of like stew about it and then come out and like cut that amazing promo and spoke about like his history and like being bullied and getting anti-Semitic remarks said about him in school and stuff like that get beaten up and then having Punk be like his release and for that to go away and him have to just kind of toughen up the fact that now he's like making Punk wait a, like wait, wait a week to even address it I mean he even said that when Punk quit that's when he decided to become a pro wrestler that's when he dropped everything yeah. else and, and went and got into wrestling yeah he basically said he'd become the best despite Punk because he wanted to show Punk that he was never going to quit like Punk did yeah, it was it was a tremendous promo. I yeah. think one thing that I don't want AEW to kind of do all the time is every which they haven't really. They they have touched on it in almost all of his feuds, but mention Punk going away. Like I know Eddie Kingston did it that it kind of fit for Eddie Kingston's feud. Darby didn't really do it. MJF. No, obviously. they've done it when it's mattered because, like, Punk and yeah. Kingston were co workers, and then Kingston's Punk got the picture because a lot of Kingston's because of his character, because of who he is. We'll talk about it a bit later as well. But a lot of Kingston's like bitterness from his personality comes out, and, like, you got the shot, and I never did. Like, I never made yeah. it. I, I, I did the hard work for like the last 10 years, and then Moxie went up to, you know, go and do sports entertainment. So did Punk, and then Punk quit, but Eddie stayed. And you know he, you know, and, and I'm interacting with Jeff like this. This is something that legitimately because we saw the Facebook post that's real. It legitimately affected him when he was younger. Yeah, but I, what I what I like about this is this is like kind of the way to use it and for like a heel to weaponize it, if you will, um, where it it doesn't feel overused. It feels like because it's so personal to MJF. And because he's made it even more personal by saying why it's so personal to him and sharing that with people, it it then brings it round to the fact that it's like, well, okay, like now they need to just not not use that again in a storyline, at least for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's going to happen anyway because I think this is this they're certainly giving us a bit more a bit more space to hang some heel tropes on Punk here, aren't they? Like this is. Like we're gonna see in this match, I think we're gonna see Punk go to some some dark places. Yeah, I it's one of them, isn't it? It's like they they could feasibly go for a double turn here. I was gonna say it mean it, it, would they have the bollocks to do the double turn here, but I yeah, don't think bollocks. I don't think you can come out of this. I think you don't necessarily have to do a double turn. I think you can definitely gust you can keep him where he is and you can push Punk more heel in this match. Yeah. But I like uh, that's the thing. Like the the fact that they had the balls to just like do a have the top heel come out and cut a fucking the most babyface promo and all the wrestling on arguably their top one of their top faces. Yeah, and 
uh, when they're promoting the match, like, while I don't think they could get MJF over as a face, he he could. He's good enough to. Yeah. But he's so good as a heel. I think it will be all. They've spent so many weeks promoting this matches. Yeah, you can't wait for CM Punk to kick MJF's ass. And then two weeks before the show, they give you this, and it's just like, holy shit. They give you a just, reason why you wouldn't want to see MGF get his ass kicked. They've just, they've just bizarre world of that shit now. Yeah. But it, it, it works so well. It's, it, was, it was incredible. It was, it, was because, a real, it was a real moment of mature storytelling in wrestling, which you don't mm-hmm. get an awful lot of, even in AW. Yeah. But the thing is, as well, now, like as you say, like it's gone from beating the shit out. You want to see Punk beat the shit out of MGF to now it's like, you you questioning? Well, do I? Yeah, now you you just got that seed of doubt in your head. Like, is Punk yeah. the good guy in this? Like, and yeah, exactly. And like, we're going back to you saying they could use this to turn Punk heel out of it. I think that's seems like the most likely path, doesn't it? Yeah, because MGF's ex- like sort of exposing him a little bit, like mm. more so than anyone else has done. Like we've seen with Kingston, it started to flake a bit, didn't it? But like I think yeah. MGF's like really gotten under his skin, and I think, like I say, I think the the match is going to be, I think it's going to be very storytelling heavy in the ring, yeah. and I think we're going to see Punk. Like I say, I think we're going to see Punk do some stuff that he probably doesn't want to do, like not in like in like storyline. Like I mean, I think we'll see Punk go to some places like that he 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 probably wouldn't want us to see him go. You know what I mean? Do you think MJF's going to have like his his whole like emperor moment go shall like strike me down and you'll become more <laughs> if this doesn't end yeah with with like the, the WrestleMania John Cena Bray Wyatt with the chair. Yeah but Punk actually like Punk doing it. Well I mean to be fair the way they could the way they could like have MJF lose the match and protect MJF is have like Punk win by like a stoppage. Yeah or just have Punk whacking with a weapon or other refs like down well, or something. Fucking shaving round isn't that mate? Um, I mean, it's a dog collar match, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, it's not old bad anyway. But like, I've punk like wrap his hand in the or like wrap his elbow with with a chain, and just keep elbowing MJF till MJF unconscious. Just beat him up. Yeah, I mean, I'd be down with that. I think that'd work. And then it's like it's like punk, like the whole like punk, like in the ring afterwards would be like, what have I done? Sort of thing. (laughs) So while while we're here, then while we're here, then uh, who do you think walks away with the win at Revolution in this one? I before this promo I would have uh, would have hand and heart said MJF absolutely walks away. Now I'm not so sure because they've got it in such a grey area that MJF could be using the whole using his own emotional insecurities as a way to kind of like exploit point exploit Punk's good nature, or he's going to do it to expose what Punk really is, which we all know he is, which is a bastard deal. See, I think almost MGF will like offer himself up. He's already got the win. Don't forget, he's already got Punk's win. I think this will be a case of MGF offering up his body as sacrifice to show the world what Punk is. Yeah, like, like yeah. making Punk cross the line to beat him. I think is is MGF's I, real victory here. I I think I, I think it, it it's so hard to kind of like predict this one. I think. We need to see dynamite this week to be able to kind of mm. comprehend. For, for, for now, for now, I'm saying punk. For now, I, I, I for reserve now, the I reserve the right to change my mind before the day. But yeah, for now, I think punk, and I think, but I think it's going to be like, as I say, a way that's going to heavily protect MJF, like by referee stoppage or something, where punk's just gone, 
where basically MJF's going to push Punk to, to the point where he goes too far. Yeah. yeah and I then think. Punk kind of like, it's like, it's like he's flicked the switch then and then Punk's like, well, I kind of like that. And that's MJF's real victory is that he, he exposes the real Punk to, to everyone. Yeah. Which is what he's been saying all along, to be fair. Yeah. It's that exposed Punk as, the, as who he really is. Because he's he's got this in his head. He's he's this, he's this horrible person who like abandoned him and like left him hanging and ruined his life. And he wants everyone else to see that and see him for who he is. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so good, isn't it? it? Like I'm I'm it, so excited for this match. I think this yeah, whole show, like, this whole show, is looking good to be fair. But... I remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about like the build up to the MGF Punk match, and we we're like, oh, it's starting to go on a little long. Yeah, it's sort of sag in the middle of it and then he goes, ah, no, then, just, have, just have this and it's like, alright. Yeah, <laughs> and then everything's come out of the match since. It's like, oh god, this is like, this is fucking next level now. Like, this is, and it wasn't that it was bad before and it was just like, it was just us being impatient wrestling fans wanting it to fucking happen a week sooner. Yeah. But the fact that they've managed to get it so the, for me, this match is so big, it could close the pay view. Yeah. Like, they, it could legit... Um, it, it could be the top match on the card for me. I know, obviously, Hangman and Cole is a marquee match regardless, and it's going to... It's going to and close... The they like to end with the title match, don't they? In AW, that's, like, that's always the thing. Unless, unless it's an unsanctioned match. Yeah, unless it's, like, unless it's like something mad, like, you know, Blood and Guts or Stadium Stampede or something like that. Yeah, but... Either way, this this is like fair play to AW. They've done a fucking great job of promoting this match. Right then, moving on. Next, backstage again with Tony, with Daniel Garcia in 2.0. Um, Matt Lee has done all the cocaine. Cut an impassioned promo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he, he was he was angry, very very angry. Hey, he, wanted good. To, he wanted to know, wanted a taste, called me a piece of garbage. Good stuff from um, Garcia here, though. Like, really nice. Like, Garcia's got that sort of understated delivery about his promos that I really enjoy. He's very quiet, very calm. I, I love Garcia so much. He's brilliant. He's he's so good. Like, not even just for, like, a guy his age. Like, he's just so good. Yeah. Like, he, you, you talk about, like, the four pillars of AEW. And, obviously, like, there's the whole thing where he was in, like, a car accident, broke both his legs, so he didn't wrestle for, like, what was it like six months to a year? Yeah. And you think if he was, if it, that hadn't have happened and he was about, he'd probably be in like the same kind of position. Yeah, he would have been one of the originals. Like, the, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, he's just that good. Um, <clears throat> and he's only like, what, 23? He's, he's stupidly young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right then, moving on. Next match: uh, Kings of Black Throne versus Pack and Penta. Uh, we start out with. Um, cool. I mean, this is this is just the, the Penta. Sort of Penta. Is it, what's it? Penta. Penta Oscura. Oscura. Yeah, Penta. It's basically Pentagon Dark, isn't it? Effectively. Yeah. Uh, so we started. I mean, some great entrances here. So we get the Kings of Blackthorn entrance, which rocks. We get Pax entrance, which bangs, and then uh, we get Penta's entrance. And Alex Margaret, uh, sorry, Alex Abrahantes has been to his first metal concert. Alex Abrahantes. Alex Abrahantes. Um, top spooky boy. I, I saw a really good meme on Twitter where it was it was Alex Abrahantes when he was a backstage interviewer in TNA, which I didn't know was a thing. All right. And um, then it, and it was like uh, man who, man before her first ghost concert, and then it was like a picture, 
picture of him when he was dressed as like spoopy Alex and like man after attending just one ghost concert. <laughs> I mean, he looked, he literally looked like death from Bill and Ted. Yeah, he did. Um, he painted his face white and everything. Penta looked great. Like they had that moment at the start where Penta like popped up behind the tombstone, which was really cool. And he put his hat like and on the tombstone, it said Penta Oscura as well. Yeah. And like puts his hand over the tombstone and then rises up with a fucking shovel in his hand. Not a golden shovel. Not a golden shovel. Well, it could have been the golden one that he just muddied up. <laughs> he just painted it. He just painted it what painted it brown. It's fine. Um, um yeah, I I, I kind of want him to do his entrance all the time. <laughs> Uh, fun match probably didn't quite get as long as I would have wanted it to because of what happened afterwards, which is fine, and that's yeah. understandable. It was it felt very much like like the sort of a filler match to get us to this the next point like in the feud. The, yeah, this felt like the stopgap match, which is a shame as well because it's the first time Kings of the Black Throne have lost. I kind of would have liked to have seen them go on a tear, and then yeah, but. Like, but, to, but they won last time, so to sort of extend the feud, they probably had to lose here to, to make it to the next one. Yeah, they, they, it was almost like they booked themselves in a corner with it, where like they like they've got Pence Obscure debut, and so he can't lose. Yeah, but then they've also got like they've also got like the Kings of the Black Throne, who they've got the hyping up that. Oh yeah, and if they've protected quite well, to be fair. I mean, to be fair, the Malachi can Malachi can be protected in, lo- in a loss like. And the way he well, lost was quite was quite made quite good sense as well. Um, yeah. Before but we get, I like I like the fact that Brody wasn't involved in the finish at all because yeah. my my concern was Malachi's like lost before he can weather a defeat. Brody should be protected because yeah, he's like because he's a monster. He's a yeah. He's the monster of the faction. So they need to kind of like limit how many, how much like offense he takes and how many pinfalls he takes. Mal- I mean, like Malachi's like the, the the villain. He he needs to get his weapons every now and then. He can he can take yeah. the like, he'll he'll just shake his fist and come back next week like a like a cartoon villain. Yeah. Or do what he did here. Um yeah. Or do all yeah or this. Uh so we some good stuff in the match. Um Brody King just wrecking everyone. Massive tope for Brody which looks insane. And he landed on his feet as well. Yeah Brody's Brody's so good. Um I love Brody King. And then the the finish, uh, Penta goes for the black. Uh, sorry, Black goes for the black mist, but Pentagon just Pentagon just puts his hand over his mouth. Uh, so Black kind of swallows the mist himself, and that's like what sort of weakens him to the point where Penta rolls him off for the win. Yeah, and um, I like I liked it after the match as well. Um, black really sold it. He got out of the ring and he was like swigging a bottle of water and trying to like, clear his mouth. Yeah, it was like he it was like he'd swallowed like fucking bleach or something. Yeah, um, yeah. It, this was a, this was a, it was fun for what it was. Obviously, it was more spectacle, like the whole like entrances, um, and also what another thing um, I, I really appreciated about Pencil Obscura, which uh, Mikey Rock has put up, is that the entrance music was um, inspired by a Faith No More song. Oh, nice. Yeah, can't remember what song it was now, but he was like, "Yeah, this is th- this was my kind of like homage to Faith No More with this." Like, thanks. So then after the match, Brody King comes in to beat down Pack and Penta. Uh, Alistair Black's sort of like showing, telling the effects of the Black Mist. Uh, Black comes back in well, with the shovel. Brody King's just destroying everybody as well, isn't he? Yeah, oh yeah, he's absolutely murdering fools. Um, Black comes back in with the shovel as he's about to hit Penta. The lights go out. They come back on and Buddy Matthews is stood in the middle of the ring. Uh, Malachi's on the floor. like He, ca- he looks like he looks like he's got even bigger. Yeah, he looks jacked. Um, Malachi's on the floor, like sort of feigning, like surprise and shock. 
and Penta sort of stood there looking at him and as he goes to like attack Malachi, he swerves at the last second and nails uh, Pack at it. Yeah, he booted Pack in the face. Um, Because what was weird... Should we 205 land? Yeah, we 205 live now, baby. <laughs> what was weird for... What was weird for me was that like... So he, he attacked Pack, took Pack out the ring and then he did the curb stomp onto uh, Penta. Yeah. Onto the chair. But then when they when they were selling it, Pac was selling like he was the one who took it and Penta rolled in the ring to check on him. <laughs> but um, um, Malachi, Malachi was great in the segment as well. He went from like feigning like sort of fear to then just sort of cackling like a madman. When, um, yeah, like cross legged. Yeah. Uh, Brody's just beating the shit out of security guards. Yeah, Brody just runs up the ramp because nailed. I, I mean I wouldn't <laughs> want to work between this week and last week, I wouldn't do security for an AW show now. No, absolutely not. Um, remember when Miro dropped that guy off the stage? <laughs> um, yeah, but what was cool as well was obviously um, Buddy's like wanting to carry on and Malachi just stops him. Yeah. And like whispers something in his ear. I, I can't wait to see like the reveal of what, what more is to come from this. And it's really interesting because like Brody and Malachi, that's an obvious pairing because they like, they've got a very distinct look, very similar sort of style mm. of, and like sort of character. Buddy's in totally different sort of it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he integrates into, into this group, which is... Well, I mean, they, they did the... Um, when he did, like, the Malachi Black vid, like, video, when Buddy's um, 90 Days was up, they did the whole... Um, but, like, Buddy getting released from the same asylum. Yeah. Um, and, obviously, it had, like, the same character... Like, same characters from it. Um, like, Josiah Williams is, like, sort of, like, orderly guy. Um, and... Uh, it was like the same building and all that. So I I think um they, they definitely got like I know obviously I'm saying history and even AW on soft, they'll they'll just acknowledge it. Yeah. They said, oh, these two have got a history. These two have got like 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 uh, Buddy Matthews uh, did such and such to Malachi Black in a past in a in a different company. They're not gonna like shy away from it. I think. I think the main thing is that Malachi is going to be like indoctrinating them, isn't he? That's the whole thing. It's yeah, Malachi's getting on, getting in people's heads, getting under the skin, and getting them to join the cause. I I also like that uh, Buddy's Twitch channel has gone. He's changed the name of it from Secret No More to um, the House of Buddy. Oh, nice! <laughs> and the logo, the logo is like the two sickle crossed sickles with the Twitch logo and stuff. Nice. Uh, then we had a quick uh, little hype video for Thunder Rosa and Rip Baker's contract signing on Rampage. We'll talk about that in a bit. And then the second um, really good promo segment of the night. Yeah. So this was this was the confrontation between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Uh, Kingston comes out and the pop is huge. He's, he's like literally... He, he could be AW Stone Cold. He is one of he is somehow, and I love it because I love Eddie Kingston. He is somehow one of the most over people on the roster, and I don't know how it's happened, but I'm really glad it has. Yeah, I, I, I think before he retires, he's probably going to get like a run with at least the TNT title. Yeah, he needs he needs at least one belt. I, I, my heart wants the world title, but you should have took it off Miro. I see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like. The, the easy way to do it is have Mox win the title off of someone. Heal Mox and have Eddie beat Mox this time. Heal Mox face Eddie. That'd be a, a turnaround, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be good, though. That'd be good. 
Uh, so yeah, so I mean, this 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 paper, this promo. So I mean, it's it, I say it's really good, and it's tempting to say it's really good because of Eddie, but Eddie and Jericho play off each other so well because they're so different. Mm, there's not many people who can who can talk Jericho like under the table. And Eddie managed to get like Jericho like stumbling over his wheels by the end. Of, but, they, by- but they both have they both come out they they both have legitimate points on each other. So like Jericho mm. actually said, yeah, I when he basically started by saying when when Tony said he signed you, I thought you were talking about Eddie Eddie Edwards. I had no idea who you were. He said, and then when I saw you, I realized, oh yeah, this guy just looks like a random indie wrestler, looks like a jobber. Mm. Uh, which is fair because Kingston doesn't he's not like a big buff WWE guy. Um, oh. And Jericho saying, like, he turns around and says, "Yeah, you know, you've been you've been way to the big time at the age of thirty eight. So by the time I was thirty eight, I was a Hall of Famer. I've been big time since I was twenty two. Yeah. And then, but they've had because they've had such a different like Jericho was had so much so young, and Eddie's worked so hard. And then Eddie Kingston turned around and said, "Yeah, but you know, you've always had to be. You've always like you're you're not real. You know, every you change your character so many times. He said, I'm I'm just me. I'll always be me. I've got nothing else." And it's it's just it's just such a great juxtaposition of, of two different styles. Like Jericho is this like Jericho prides himself on like being this like sort of chameleon who can like switch to different personas and keep himself fresh and relevant. And he King's yeah. is just like no, I'm just me. I've, I've been this character since day one, and that's that's all I've got. Yeah, and he manages to get it over wherever he goes. Yeah, because he's because he's authentic. Oh. Because because that, that's yeah. his that's his whole thing is like he he is an authentic version of himself. And, and that, that's why, but that's why like Stone Cold got over. Yeah, because he was literally like, just he was just himself, just a big swigging redneck. And then, um, yeah, Kingston basically said that Jericho only did all those things because Kingston wasn't there, and he's not a backstabbing carny like the rest of them. Um, mm. and then it, it, so basically they set up the match for Revolution. They're going to have a match, and Jericho said Jericho's whole angle is like, yeah, Eddie, you know you can't win. You, you, you know, you, you're victory, you're, you're scared of success. You, 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 your brain won't let you take that next step to the top. And um, then he starts bringing up Eddie's family. Jericho's heel there now, isn't he? Jericho is clearly turning heel. Especially like it, it, later on in the spring, we start bringing the, up the fact, the fact that Jericho kind of like used Eddie's like very open mental health struggles against him and brought up his family. And you see Eddie like just boiling over when <laughs> Jericho starts talking about his Eddie family. Eddie was like about to backfist at Jericho to fucking nineteen ninety two. Right back to this, right back to he thinks he's still in the uh, in the heart dungeon with Luther. Yeah, back to, back to wrestling and, and war. <laughs> and then it, the ending was just so good. Uh, so basically, they make the match, and then like they're out of the to finish the promo, and Eddie just steps up to Jericho like real close, like one more thing, and he's like, "Don't give me the Jericho who did the Mimosa match." Yeah, like don't give me him. Like, give me the Jericho that I grew up watching, the first world champion. And then the, the line of the fucking evening is, "Give me the Jericho that your close friend Levesque hated." Yeah, it's like, oh my god, that is unbelievably and, good. Eddie, by the end of that promo, Jericho's stumbling over his words. Like, yeah, not many people can do that. Jericho's like renowned as one of the best talkers. The only other person I can think of in recent memory who's managed to do it is Mox. Yeah, Cody to a degree did, but yeah, it's. Whew. Yeah, it was it was insane. Basically, says, basically, Kingston said, "If you if you don't give me the best version of Jericho, I'm gonna fucking eat you alive." That that video package they did on Rampage as well for it was fucking tremendous. Yeah, that was absolute. Where they actually shown like 
pictures of like from the uh, the match in Japan that Eddie was talking about. Yeah, I was like, oh god, this is this is fucking good. He was like, give me, give me the Jericho that wrestled Japan. Give me the Jericho that was the first champion here. Give me the Jericho was, that, was, that ripped up WCW. Was it you or uh, Dan who said that um, this is like the third pay-per-view now where like a week out they've just gone to Eddie. Can you do this match? And he's just like, sold <laughs> like the fucking match. Like it's like the biggest grudge match ever. Can you just cut, up, can you just cut this promo to hype this match for the moon? And he's like, yeah, it's right, fine. Like he did it, he did it with Punk. He did it with Jericho now. Did it with Miro. Miro was the other one, yeah. Just all of them, like just, just, just caught one promo. Like, have you got yeah. another? Have you got another redeem these nuts in you? I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> like that, that's the thing. Though. Like, like you talk about someone who's such a good talker, Eddie Kingston for me is like, I know this for you as well. Definitely one of the top three talkers of this generation. Yeah, got over doubt. Possibly in the top ten of all time. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd <laughs> think of many people who are better than him. And I put him top three of all time to be fair. Top three. The only pe- the only two people I can think who would probably like hold the candle to him. Or three, maybe is Jericho, Rock, and Cena. I mean, I'm, but then when you think about the, co- the content, when you think about like Eddie mm. does all this without catchphrase. He doesn't have he doesn't have yeah. a line. He doesn't have there's no there's no hook. He, everything he does has to be different all the time. For yeah. me, that for me, that's better. I mean, yeah, that, I'll say I'll say this very quietly in case someone in the room throws something at me. But like when you look at the Rock in the ring on the mic, it's very catchphrase dependent. I mean, it's great and it, it works because he got it there, and like that's important. But yeah, for me, it's not as impressive as Eddie just being able to go out and just talk about anything. Yeah, the the Rock kind of the Rock kind of got over based on like me, like being able to get over a catchphrase, which is the same with Jericho, really. Whereas Eddie's got over. <laughs> Based on the fact that Jericho gets over by trademarking catchphrases, no? yeah. Well, yeah. I, I want I want Eddie to backfist him so hard. Jericho forgets all the shitty names he's forgotten. GFY. Uh, right, right. So who who right. have you got for this then? Are you, you want Eddie? Eddie wins it surely, right? Eddie has to win this, given given everything Jericho said within this promo. They they can't have Eddie lose this and. Eddie, every match Eddie's had on pay-per-view, Eddie's always been like a whisker away from winning. Yeah. And it's what because of what Jericho said, because he he, yeah. he has that self-doubt. And like this is gonna be he had Mox in the bag and he fucked it up. He had Miro in the bag and he fucked it up. He had Punk in the bag and he fucked it up. But Jericho is gonna be the word the one that he breaks the breaks the streak on. Especially because Jericho said as well, like you, you need one you one big vi- big victory away from like becoming the megastar you should be. Yeah. And I'm saying like I am Chris Jericho. I am like the megastar of this company. Yeah, it was it again you saw a little bit of that ego off Chris as well. We didn't mm-hmm. talk about that. He, t- he said like I'm the I'm the big I'm the big deal here, not Danielson, not Punk, not Hangman, not Moxley. Like I'm the big but one. The thing is, is that Jericho is like he's not wrong. Like yeah. he's He's comfortably the biggest name in AW. Obviously, Punk's up there as well because it's fucking CM Punk. Yeah, Daniel Danielson as well. But Jericho's the Jericho's like the star attraction. He's the guy who got people like crossing over to watch it. When oh yeah, he's he's, he's a, no Jericho in, in year one. AW is a very different company today. Yeah, he's he's the he's the guy who got casual fans watching it because yeah. 
Chris Jericho. Um, I, I think it would be fitting if Eddie's first big victory in AEW was over a guy who has, is literally saying, like, you should be a megastar, but I am one. Yeah. And I think the thing is, like, for me, looking at those pops that Eddie's been getting the last couple of weeks, he's on the same traje- trajectory as Hangman as well, as far yeah. as I like, hope. He is like he is one of the top baby faces in the company now, which is yeah. it is just crazy to think about. It's it's so good. Ed, Eddie Kingston is what Kofi uh, Kofi is what Cody Rhodes wanted to be. What just naturally organically over an organically over baby face that people just fucking love. Yeah, and to be fair, when when Jericho called him a baby face at the start of the promo, Eddie was like, "What's that?" Yeah, what's well, a baby? <laughs> face. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Right, then, moving on, moving on then. Uh, next up, we had another match. Uh, Ricky Starks versus 10. Uh, Face the Revolution will add a qualifying match. Stupid Starks. Again, fun match. Could have done with it being a bit longer. I felt the match... I felt that this 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 episode of Dynamite, the matches sort of took a backseat to the in-ring promos, which is fine. Sometimes it has to do that. Um, mm. I would have liked a few extra minutes on this match. I didn't think it really had time to breathe, especially if you take out the picture-in-picture, which some people didn't see. Yeah, um, I, I honestly felt like they kind of got themselves in a bit of a catch-22 with this match. Um, because the the whole narrative of the lot of the match up to this point was, oh yeah, it's all the hosses. But then Ricky Stark shouldn't be losing to 10. Yeah. So it's like you could have quite easily put 10 in that match against anybody else. But Ricky Starks now is like, well, He's obviously going in that match. And hopefully, I mean, it, this Ricky Starks winning this match drastically changed who I thought was going to win the ladder match. Well, it's interesting now, isn't it? Because you've got two members of Team Taz in the match. Yeah. Which and, which really does presumably tip the odds in their favour. Why well, I don't... The thing is, they're in, a, they're in the position where they could pull the trigger on Ricky Starks. And they, I mean, let's face it. I think we're both in agreement. The long overdue on that one, yeah. Um, like he, the guy is like literally what? like a main event away. Anyone, anyone who's in that match at the moment is a worthy winner. Yeah, exactly. I, I think for me, with given what happened um, shortly after this match, it, it's tipping it more towards Wardlow now. Yeah. Well, it looks like Keith Lee might go into a program with Team Taz, doesn't it? Of their I little think, well, he, he teased that he's going to feud with Hobbs, didn't he? Yeah, that's oh, 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 oh yes, give me a bit of that. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it, the the finish of this was really good because uh, Ten was just like Ten kept going for the full Nelson. Starks kept getting like finding ways to get out of it. And um, they, I, I like how they still put over that full Nelson as like a big dangerous move. Well, like if, Ten had Starks in it, and Starks instead like looked like he was going to tap, but actually like spot like spun Ten's mask around so he couldn't see. Yeah. And as he was fixing it, Starks just murdered him with a spear. The best spear in wrestling. It's a really good spear, to be fair. You fucking Bill Goldbergs. Um, and yes, yeah, Starks progresses, which... Um, is this the first... Um, is this the first pay-per-view match Starks has had since um, the cinematic one, Last Revolution? Possibly, yeah, because he was injured, wasn't he? And then his big match with Cage. He was he was yeah, he was injured at double or nothing. I feel like he didn't do anything. At, I mean, unless you can't battle the belts. 
No, I don't count battle of belts. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Um, then realistically, Stark should win this then, shouldn't he? I don't know. I mean, the good thing is, it's a ladder match, so it, it's it's definitely going to be Wardlow. It's a, it, it's a multi match. It depends what they want to do with MJF with the Wardlow because that's all sort of mm. intrinsically linked, isn't it? Um, yeah. It'll be interesting the, the order makes these matches appear on the card because I think if Wardlow wins, that's a sign that MJF won't. Yeah. Because then he can do the whole TNT title stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this all, all this, how this all shakes out. Uh, next up, then we were backstage again. Uh, the books are having a bit of a moan at Red Dragon. Adam Cole just trying to trying to keep the house in order, basically, and he, he looks like he's just getting so fed up, doesn't he? He looks like he's just had enough of this shit. Yeah, he's 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 it's it's as if he's kind of realised, oh shit, I brought in fucking Red Dragon. It's like the worst thing I could have done. <laughs> now everyone hates everyone, and like, what do I do? Yeah, now it's now it's messing everything up. All all his friends, even on BTE, like Red Dragon, keep starting shit with their Silver and Reynolds. Yeah. Um, some Reynolds could be a could be a shout for who wins the uh... the second one. Yeah, I mean the the books basically said they're now motivated to get to the pay per view so they can beat Red Dragon up, and it's like this is the first time they've actually talked about fighting each other like properly. So I think it's yeah. it's it's it, the whole thing is rapidly dissolving around it, Adam Cole. Yeah, it, it adds it adds more kind of like credence to the story, doesn't it? Because neither team needs to win the tag titles. Jurassic Express can pick up the win because one of the other teams cost the other team. Yeah, they'll just, they'll just beat the shit out of each other and then Jurassic Express just come in and win. That, that's yeah. fine. I mean, they're just going to sit on the outside and watch these two beat the piss out of each other, aren't they? And just have a laugh. Yeah, pretty much. All right, next up then, uh, Jade Cargo versus the Bunny for the TBS title. Uh, really fun match. Goddamn. Um, this, yeah. this, belt has, this belt has been the making of Jade Cargo, hasn't it? Yeah, every time... So what was good about this? So every time I see Jade, I think she's... Like, give her a year or two, she's going to be, like, a massive star. Yeah. Like, like possibly, like, a crossover star. Like, not just in wrestling. Like, a big star in general. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because she carries herself like a movie star, basically. And Yeah. And the two the two things that I was like, oh, well, she... The two, th- like, areas that improved for Jade would be it. Just fine-tuning the ring work and fine-tuning the promos. Yeah. And then... Like that's what I was thinking during the match, and then she cut that promo after and made me look like feel like a fucking dickhead for thinking. I mean, she's got what I believe they refer to as mainstream appeal. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like she's she's someone who can be a, and obviously like the, there's talk of like how TNT want AW to be signing people like that so they can then use that that talent on like all the stuff. And that's why you put a belt on it because she's the type of person who you send on mm. to do a morning talk show, or you send on to do a yeah. TV appearance, or you send you know. Yeah, like you look at Brit, she's someone else who's got the same kind of like mainstream appeal. They, they have her like showing up at basketball games and just like doing shit with Adam Cole. Yeah, and she's she... on podcasts and she's on like, interview, yeah. she does interviews and she does press and she does all this. They, they, they talk about, an, um, they're, they're talking about that with um, another future signing as well. Yeah. Mr. Strickland. Um, Mr. Swerve, if, he's, if he is indeed it, on his way. Well, he's he signed. Uh, <laughs> we don't know that for, for we don't know for certain. No, he's big, big, big. until we see the graphic, the little all elite. Um, swear tweeting about it himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but some really fun stuff in the match. Um, there was a spot towards the end where 
Matt Hardy threw in the brass knuckles for the bunny, but then to counter that, Mark Sterling threw in the belt and like Jade used the belt to block the brass knuckle shot, which was pretty cool. Then yeah. Matt and Mark got kicked out. Uh, bunny goes for the down the rabbit hole, and then Jade just says, "Fuck that!" And just sort of spins out of it and just picks her up and hits Jade, which was pretty cool. Oh, she she's getting some really inventive reversals for Jade. I love it. I love that. And it's amazing because she's she's really quite good at reversals, but she's also enormously tall, and it must be really tricky mm. to like make sure she doesn't like fuck it up. Yeah, as I, I, I just say, I think like when you look at how much she's improved in the last like twelve months, like she debuted literally about twelve months ago this week. I think was the match with Shaq. Um, yeah. And when you think, like she's gone from looking good, but you can tell she's not like quite there yet. To now, like looking like once she, once she gets like enough experience under her belt, she's got like the world's oyster in wrestling. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so after the match, then Jay gets on the mic, says she was 28 and 0, basically said soon to be 30, you know, soon to be 40, you know, soon to be 50, you know. Uh, a nice little, uh, nice little who's next reference, yeah. And then she actually says, Well, forget who's next, who's left, which is again a fair point. Uh, Ty Conti's music hits and she comes out says she's next Jade's a bitch runs to the ring and um, when, they, when they're squaring off was it Jade just like sort of kisses Ty on the head because she like had foreheads like a mouth height yeah <laughs> which was great and the bunny hits her from behind attacks her um, Ty hits TKO and then Jade just takes her out with a pump kick yeah. and Annie Jade Jade's fucking with a kick uh, Andy Jacobs had to make the save, and that match is set for Revolution, uh, the women's TBS title match. Uh, who have you got for that one? Uh, Jade, surely? Yeah. I mean, I feel sorry for Ty, because she's she's due at some point, but goddamn. <laughs> she, she just yeah. comes up. She's just, yeah. she's just unfortunate. She's coming up in the in the division at a time when the two champions are just absolute monsters. I, I, think, I think Ty will eventually take the belt off Jade. If Anna Jay doesn't, it's one of those two for me. Unless yeah. like, unless they start, they do bring in someone like a Nixon Yule or a Athena, um, which I mean, Serena Deeb has been teasing. They've got some big, big women signings coming in, yeah. Especially Owen, um, yeah. I, I think I, I can't remember who I put in my predictions now for next year. Or for the end of the year, but I'm pretty sure I said I think Jade's holding on to it till the end of the year. I can see that. I think she's going to have like a full year reign with it before. Or the other thing she might do is just go, all right, I don't need this belt anymore. I just relinquish it and then go after whoever, like whoever's the women's champion. Yeah. Probably thought uh, Next up, then. Um, <laughs> all right. I think Jade, personally. Yeah. Oh, Jade. Jade's yeah. absolutely. Uh, we, we had the aforementioned run in between Keith Lee and Hobbs. Yes, please. Give me that. Yeah. And Ray, then we get to... Starks' impression of Keith Lee was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I love like when Keith Lee was talking about, like, you know, oh yeah, the people in the ladder match, a lot of them are new to me, but there's one guy I do know. And then as if like by magic, Ricky Starks just appears. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. Um, next up, then Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia, main event. Oh my oh, lord, this match was incredible! <laughs> yeah, so this, this is this is fr- freshly men- minted bowler winner, Daniel Garcia. Yeah. Man who won a four-man elimination match at Terminus by eliminating all three other men. Yeah. What a guy. Like a scourge of the Indies, Daniel Garcia. Oh, he's so fucking good. He's just... Like, I... 
even if we don't get this faction of Danielson's teasing. Also, I forgot to fucking say, Danielson name dropped William Regal in his promo earlier. Which gets me very excited because if they can get fucking Regal doing like the Jake Roberts role for Danielson, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, this There were shades of the last the match last week against Mariotti, wasn't it? So like Danielson was like just he was he was sort of yeah. testing him a bit. There was like a lot of slapping him in the face and stuff like that. But the difference is where Mariotti just sort of like got back on with it. Like Garcia got a bit of a rise out of it. He sort of like yeah, he got he got, got a bit violent back. Yeah, Moriarty was kind of like trying to keep like his eyes on the prize and stay focused, whereas Garcia was like, "No, fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> um, they were trading str- like nasty looking uppercuts, nasty looking chops. Um, they, at one point, they just stopped and slapped each other in the face. Um, oh, it was just so, like talk about a technical masterpiece. This was fucking awesome. Like the, yeah. there was a bit where. Um, where Brian like went for like a was it a backslide or something? I think so, yeah. And then Garcia kicked out of it, and then Brian transitioned into a cattle mutilation. Yes, yeah, that was that was excellent. It was. I mean, it's, it's Brian Danielson's on an absolute tear, isn't he? And he has been since he came to AW. And Daniel Garcia is like legitimately one of the best young wrestlers in the world, if not the best. The the thing is, people people talk about like how. Oh, CM Punk didn't put any isn't putting anyone over. Well, he is not like, but people like moaned about that. But then you look at like Danielson doing the exact same thing where he's having these matches with people, but they're coming out a bigger deal because yeah, they're you, pushing right. Brian. Lee Moriarty's not beating Brian Danielson because Lee Moriarty shouldn't beat Brian Danielson. Daniel Garcia is not beating Brian Danielson because Daniel Garcia shouldn't beat Brian Danielson. However, yeah. what they are doing is having excellent 10, 15 minute matches with Brian Danielson where they give it, they, they come close and they give it everything. Mm. And, it, and, sh- also, and, and it, it lets them show the crowd what they can do. Yeah. And also, it means that when they do revisit this, they can go, oh, yeah, they come up just short last time. Maybe they'll win this time. Yeah, maybe in like a year's time when they when they've yeah. had another year's experience and they've, they've got a few more wins under the belt and they become a bigger threat and like yeah now they can maybe try and take him down. I really want I really want Danielson to have that fucking fa- that faction. That's all I want. Yeah, I loved um, so at the end with the mayor, the children. The match ended with um, Danielson stomping on Garcia and then locking in the triangle sleeper with a little bicep pump as well for the. Oh, I'd love to see it. Yeah, for the win. Submission win. Uh, after the match, 2.0 come in to attack Danielson. Moxie comes in, makes a save for the chair. And I love this. Uh, Danielson basically grabs the chair and says, Yeah, he sort of throws it and says, I don't need a chair to make you bleed. Well, Garcia tried to uh, tried to hit Mox with the chair, didn't he? And yeah. Mox like, ended them with a fucking paradigm shift. Danielson took the chair off and Mox killed him with a paradigm shift. And then Danielson throws the chair away. Like, yeah, I don't need a chair to make you bleed. She's like, Oh, yeah. yeah. And then at Revolution, don't be surprised if you're the only one bleeding. I can't wait for this match. Oh my fucking word! <laughs> and again, this is another one though. Who wins it? I, I, I get, I'm fine if this just goes to a double stoppage or a double a double down or something. Or I mean, you'd think. I mean, it doesn't really matter because it's not about this. Isn't about the results. This is about the content. This is about what happens in bell to bell. Like, yeah. neither Moxie nor Danielson care who wins this match. It's just about proving yeah. to each other that they're the sickest motherfuckers in the building. Yeah. That's it. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I think, I mean... But if, really, if, 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 you put, if you put a gun to my head, Moxley, because I don't think he hasn't lost since he came back, I don't think it's his first loss. Yeah. I wouldn't be against it being his first loss, though. No, I have to say this, it doesn't matter, does it? Like, because it's not about you. If it's not about like, there's not, there's no like, if you win, I will join you, or if you lose, I won't. It's just I want to bleed with you to see what you're all about. So let's do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I think Mox will probably win. Yeah. But well, I think not put. I think not like a lot of. Uh, it'd be so easy even to fuck this up here and put an actual stipulation on it. Like if Moxley loses, he has to team with Brian Danielson. It's like no, this isn't about that. It's about them literally uh, earning each other's respect. I like that it's an open-ended question, though. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like there's no like, forcing him to do it. It's not yeah, like- yeah, that's it. There's the only the only thing is is um they want to. They want to wrestle each other. Yeah, they just want to. They just want to earn each other's respect. They just want to see what each other's made of, which is great because it, it's what they should be doing. It's it's fantastic. Uh, right then, before we crack on to die, to rampage, sorry. Um, do you want to keep me some ups and downs for the show? Have you got any? Um, my my high was um highs and lows. Sorry, yeah, we're not Sam Miller. Yeah. Uh, my high was um the main events. <laughs> Danielson Garcia Consid- considering I didn't know this match was happening when I went into Dynamite and then during the first match they just like put the little graphic up was like what yeah they announced uh, it on the day didn't they like just before the show they announced it just before Dynamite yeah 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 um, oh, it was great like it was such a good match it was one of my one of my um, one of my favourite matches of the year so far it was just tremendous Um did I have a low? I don't think I did. Uh, no, that's no. Fine. no. Also, I, I, mention goes to MJF's promo because fuck me, that was good. Fair. Um, I also don't have a low because I thought everything on the show was at a, a, a minimum quite good. Yeah, I think. Um, I think it was um, the like. Probably the best dynamite of the year so far. Certainly one of the most consistent. My only, my only gripes yeah. would have been like the type the Kings of the Black Thrower match and the Rick Starks match were a little short, but I thought mm. a few extra minutes on them. Even the main event, I thought I could have done the next few, I would have mind a bit more of that. But you know, for free TV, it was what it, it it's it's mad when you're saying when we're complaining that like matches we're getting on free TV aren't pay-per-view quality. Yeah, and that's that's the only gripe we can come up with. Uh, and for a for a high, I'm gonna take Eddie Kingston. Um, just cutting, just ripping Chris Judas yeah. anyone. Yeah, that was good too. Uh, right, then we'll crack along to Rampage. And this one started off hot as well. So this started off with Sammy Guevara versus Andrade for the TNT Championship. Um, oh, so, yeah. I mean, we're, Jesus, we're, we're, just, we're just spoiled here, aren't we? Because, you know, this could have been a match on Revolution. I can't remember if this was you I was talking to about, but um, what's oh, it might have been Troy actually. Either way, what what's so great about AEW is that they're putting out these banging matches, but then when they get to the pay per view, they'll put some they'll somehow find a way for something to feel bigger. Yeah, like they can put like a dream match on TV and be like, oh yeah, is is Andrade versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT um, Championship. Going to give them like what 15 20 minutes, I'm just going to tear the house down 
And yeah, you're this, like, this could have been on Revolution, this match. Easy. Yeah. You're like, that should be on a pay-per-view. But then, you, at the same time, you're like... But then, on the pay-per-view, like, right, the we'll, pay-per-view. We'll, we'll do it again on the pay-per-view, but we'll put Darby Allen and Sting in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> and just make it even better. So, yeah, I mean, this this, this had some really fun stuff. Um, Sammy hit a standing Spanish fly, which always looks crazy. Uh, he, hit a, he hit a top room Spanish fly as, fly as well. Um, just loads of mad bumping for Sammy. Uh, Andrade with... He, he was wrestling. It was weird because Andrade doesn't normally wrestle. and He, he is the bigger guy in this now, and he, he wrestled like slightly differently, didn't he? Yeah, he, he doesn't completely change up his style, but when he is a bigger guy in the match, like kind of work a bit more. He, he was the like one. A, he was the one trying to slow things down in this match, as opposed to normally he's the guy who's going for the for the speed moves. Yeah. So controlling the yeah. pace. So there was a little bit further later on. Uh, Andrade distracted the referee trying to remove the turnbuckle pad, while Matt Hardy snuck up and removed a different one, which was kind of cool. Um, then there was a sort of a contentious moment towards the end, shall we say? Um, Andrade hit a pin, put his feet on the ropes, and it looked like Matt Hardy went around to try and hold Andrade's feet down to give him more leverage, but he accidentally sort of knocked his feet off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like I like the whole kind of narrative of that like, Matt Hardy's like slowly kind of getting sick of Andrade's shit and. But you don't know you when don't. you don't quite know there. Was he trying to help him or was he trying to fuck him up? Like it's it's a little bit of ambiguity there. Yeah, and like um later in the show, uh was it the, was it Rampage where they made the challenge? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So later in the show when they make the challenge and Matt's like, Oh, but you lost. And and then he's like, Haha, it's a joke. <laughs> it's like he like he's you can tell like Matt's kind of like trying to undermine Andrade and Andrade is just like at the same nah. time he's, he's cracking under the pressure a bit Matt he's going yeah. out, he's, he's going out of his mind a little bit maybe a little broken I, I like I like that though it's what I like about this is obviously like the whole Hardy family office is kind of portrayed as like a business and I like that the way that Matt's kind of like getting ousted out the out of the faction is like a business merger where the new owners are slowly like phasing out the old owners. Yeah, um, it's quite a cool like little dynamic towards it. Uh, and obviously, Matt's gonna come back with the one person that can't be bought, his brother Nero. So, match ends with Andrade falling off the timber hole, hitting the exposed timber hole face first, and then Sammy hits the double springboard cutter and picks up the win. Yeah, and Sammy, I mean, it's. Uh, it's what you want about him, but he, he he said on social media like every time I'm in the ring, I'll try and give you something worth watching. And goddamn, he does. Yeah, he wasn't fucking around there. No. Uh, after the match, then Matt Hardy comes in to attack Sammy. Darby Allen. Oh, this was this was incredible. So Darby Allen. So Matt Hardy and Sammy are like on the far side of the ring from the ramp. Darby runs down the ramp into the ring without breaking stride. Jumps, runs across the ring and does a dive through the ropes. Yeah. It was like, it was insane the amount of coordination. Yeah, hardly, like he was a cruise missile. It was unbelievable. That that yeah. must take some cast iron bollocks to do something like that. He he didn't stop running the entire time until he left his feet and went through the ropes. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was, a- it was it was so it was fucking crazy. It was so cool. And yeah, as you said, we're getting um, 
the Hart, Andrade Hardy family office versus Sammy Sting and Derby uh, Revolution. Surely Matt ends up. This is this is it now, and it surely Matt gets kicked out after the after they lose here. Yeah, I reckon Matt's going to eat the pin, and then Andrade is going to kick him out. Yeah, it's, it's quite easy. Um, next up, then QT came out. He was talking shit about Hook. Calls Hook out. Hook comes out. Um, he said. Uh, he says something like he's going to stretch him out in front of his daddy. And then he basically sends like a load of factory students up and hook his murders them all. And the last guy just doesn't want none of it and just runs I off. Love, I love that they did the whole like New Jack and ECW thing where like Hook was still playing as he was just suplexing people. <laughs> yeah, and he's murdering people. It's great. And then he just like stares down QT and just walks off again. And after I, that... I love, um, on, on Dan Housen's vlog, he's been given Hook packets of crisps. So... Uh, <laughs> So he, so like in his words, so Hook doesn't decimate him. Fair, yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just like every week on his blog, he just goes up to Hook and gives him like a bag of Doritos and go, "Hey, Hook, here's some chips. Don't decimate Dan Housen." Uh, next up, then Dan Lambert was backstage in the, of the year. They basically said that they didn't have to qualify instead of having to qualify with the face of the Revolution ladder match. Um, Scorpio was going to get his TNT title match before. Uh, the, the winner of the ladder match because he's been politic to Tony Khan. Is that going to be on Dynamite this week? Did he say? He just said it'll be before the winner of the... No, no, he said it'll be before the winner of the ladder match gets their shot. Oh, fair enough. Uh, next up then, we have Wardlow taking on Nick Comoroto. Big beefy boys slapping beef. Oh boy, big host times. And there was a couple of scary moments for Wardlow here because Nick nearly, power- nearly overpowered him on a couple of occasions. Yeah, there was a few bits where uh, Comrade was like controlling him. It was interesting because this is the first time from a power perspective that Wardo hasn't had it all his way. Yeah. And there was a moment like when he went for the power bomb, like uh, Camarazzo, like lifted him up like an Alabama slam and Wardo just about managed to get himself back down again. Yeah, um it was like it was like two balls fighting one another. Just two buildings falling into each other. It's fucking great. Yeah. Um I was there because he's just he's just not used this. But he's such a he's I mean he's he's not like he's not, you know, the biggest star in the company, but he's got a good look and he you know, whenever they bring him out, I always get a, I always get a little pop out of it. I enjoy it. Yeah. It, it feel it feels like you kind of like cooled down on him after he, after he, that time when the Cody vs main event where it was him versus Dustin in the ballroom oh, match. That match was awful, to be fair. Yeah. I can't believe he made a dynamite with that. <laughs> um, so we ended up eventually. Wardlow got the power bomb. Uh, the crowd just chanting, "Like it's insane how over Wardlow is." Yeah, and he started doing the old Keith Lee. Yeah, play with his fingers, conducting. Well, as the crowd, as the crowd chant one more time. So he gives him was it three in the end? Yeah, no, it's still four. Four. Give him four, and then yeah, stood on his chest for the win after the match. For some reason, Aaron Solo thinks he can come in and have a go. Um, Wardlow annihilates him, but then as he's about to, um, as he's about to power him, Sean Spears hits him in the back with a chair, hitting Wardlow in the hand because he's holding him, obviously. And he, he takes the mic and basically says, Oh, yeah, these power bombs are just not getting over. Yeah, I love that. You, you've got to stop doing them. And he says, Wardlow, that means they're not popular. I love that. I love- <laughs> Explaining what over is to Wardlow, which is fantastic. I, I just love accountability, buddy, Sean Spears. And Wardlow's looking like he's going to fucking murder him all the way through this. And then at the end, um, Wardlow's music plays and Spears just gives him a big hug. And he's like, oh, come on, mate, it's fine. 
yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're getting closer and closer every week to Spears getting powerbombed out of his soul. I think Spears is in danger. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up then, Serena D, five-minute uh, rookie challenge against Kayla Sparks. She's been on Dark and Elevation. This is her Dynamite or Rampage she, debut. She was also smacked down the exact same time. Yes, getting kissed by those kissy boys. The lot Darius. Yeah. Uh, next up, so yeah, um, basically Deeb wins in about two and a half minutes. Um, fairly elementary. Again, they're just building this up for something, aren't they? Whether it's Cheetah coming back, whether it's Jade, whether it's someone coming in. Yeah, the more the more like they kind of go on about how oh, Jade's a rookie, the more. Yeah. Right. Next it's up, then. It's a good way to turn her all the way face as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, because everyone, Serena's like a proper heel, a proper old school heel, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, next up, then, we have the Women's Championship contract signing between Bit Baker and Thunder Rosa. This was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, really cool. Um, fucking Brit bringing up uh, and Thunder Rosa's NWA run. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wrestling on YouTube. Oof. Uh, yeah, Brit Baker basically saying, like, yeah. She, uh, Rose, she said, yeah, she made a really good point. She said, Thunder Rosa won the lights out match, but everyone, won, everyone still talks about Brit. Um, Brick got the title reign, Brick got the action figure, Brick got the t-shirt. Like, so who won, really? Yeah. That's true, <laughs> yeah, fair point. Um, yeah, she said she was a pillar of AW as Rose was wrestling on YouTube, and the only time Rose is relevant is when she's against Brick Baker. And then after this, Rose just has enough, just dives over the table and takes her out. Yeah. Um, yeah, big old bra breaks out. Uh, Mercedes comes out to even the odds. Which is interesting. Um, um, because they were they were, <laughs> Rose were having a blood feud about two weeks ago. Yeah, but the end, they respect in the match, didn't they? And yeah. And then, yeah, Mercedes it, slams Hater through the table, which is quite nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a, it's going to be a good match. When yeah. I mean, this is the one I'm conflicted on, because, like, I think Rose is, Rose is taking off for it, but I'm not sure if it's now it's the time. It's it's time. Is it time? Is it, are we ready to go? I mean, it's been nearly a year, hasn't it? It was double or nothing. She won it. So, I think the thing is, is that Brit does really doesn't really need it at the moment. Um, yeah. Like she's she's kind of she's at the point where she's she really she she's she beat everyone she's going to beat. I, I dare say the intriguing thing for Brit to do would be lose the belt and go off the TBS title. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because then it's it they can have Brit as like the first like woman to hold both. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we think it's we think it's time. We think Brit's doing the job here. I think so. Fair. Right then, moving on for the main events. Before we get to the actual match, Mark Henry's got his little backstage segment. <laughs> First of all, Orange Cassidy is confused. He, he, he doesn't want to climb any ladders today. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way he's like, wait, is this a ladder match? No, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Bowens and Caster basically say, yo, listen, listen. And then they announce they're going to be doing some rapping. Uh, so then we get to the main event itself. Um, they actually cut a bit out about um, Max Caster made a reference to Vladimir Putin because this was obviously filmed before like the invasion happened yeah um, yeah which is, is fair uh, uh, and it's a nice um, 
<laughs> a bit the end, isn't it? Well, to my best friend, she said, very nice, very evil, but I guess you're not friends with too many black people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poking fun at the, uh, the overall whiteness of best friends as a stable, which is, yeah, again, a fair point. Well, they've got Rocky. He's, he's, he's not in best friends, or he's in chaos. He's in best friends. They've, they've, <laughs> got, they've got a user. A user, fake Rocky, fake Rocky Romero, really user. Fake trends. Big trend, sorry, yeah. Uh, right, next up then. Um, oh, yeah, and they started out, didn't they? And um, they gave the microphone to Orange Cassidy and was like, yo, go on then. You said you wanted to say something. Off you go. And then he dumps Cassidy out the ring and then picks up the mic and then um, says words to your mother to a massive grab up. Yeah. Which was quite funny. That was pretty cool. A match sort of goes nuts. Um, I like this a bit where like Cassidy's about to interfere and then Wheeler just comes out of nowhere and annihilates him. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. The the, uh, the thing is, like a lot of Orange's matches recently, it's all about kind of like the outside interference, isn't it? Yeah, we can we get a bit more of that later. Don't you worry. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a fun match. Bowens is really good, isn't he? Like he's really good. Yeah, he's 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 very, very, very good. Uh, yeah, he's very good and. Again, he's someone who you like. When when are they going to do more with the acclaimed? Like when are they going to push them? Look at this. Actually, I think if we can just sort of deviate from this and talk about the tag team scene for a bit, I think we're in a, we're in a bit of a phase in AW now, and I think we're going to see this over the next sort of six, twelve to eighteen months. I think now we're in the period of like just giving the reins to the teams who have been there from the start who deserve it. Yeah. So it starts yeah. with the, it starts with the Luge Rose, then Jurassic Express. I think we're going to see um, Proud and Powerful get theirs at some point. Maybe Best Friends, and then yeah. they, like don't forget, like it, it's easy to say, oh, when are these going to get theirs? Yeah, but they're young, they're young AF, so true that, true that. They've got plenty of time. Um, so I've just had a little look at what's happening next week's Dynamite. And there's not an announced for the face of the revolution ladder match. All right, okay. So it could be a surprise entrance, or they could just throw a match on last so, minute. Um, we'll make a huge announcement though, as well as on there. Yes, well, that's not going to be. That's not talent related, though, is it? Like that's not like a specific person or anything like that. No. No. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, going to so, be the ring of honor. Right. So we'll close up on this match real quick. Um, some fun stuff on the outside. Um, Dan Housen pops out. You know, like dressed as a cameraman from underneath the ring. Yeah, Kirsten, Matt, from behind. Kirsten, Matt Cast, Max Caster. As he does that, like immediately after he curses him, Orange hits the orange bunch, which was perfect timing. And yeah. then that little, um, that little movie didn't back into the ring where he rolled, like he jumped in and rolled. That was super smooth. I love that. Yeah. Then he Rolls jumps up. up, orange punch on Bowens, and yeah, orange chastity punches tickets to Revolution. He's going in the, he's he's going to the ladder match to get thrown through the brass ring by Wardlow like a lawn dart. Yeah, I feel like that next person getting added is going to be a small boy. Yeah, and there's going to be a spot where the three big horses throw the three Or a light guy. Yeah. Swerve's, swerve's light. Swerve's light. Swerve and fly. I'd add one more small guy that add fucking Cesaro in there so he's like the strongest of the lot. You can just throw the horses. So the horses can throw the small guys and Cesaro can throw the horses. Yeah. Cesaro yeah. throws Keith Lee clean over the top row. Big swings, Keithley. UFOs, Keithley. <laughs> uh, right then, before we wrap it up, uh, we'll do some questions in a second. Before we do, do you want to hit me with your high and lows, Jay? Yeah. Um, 
my high was that open match, Andrew Daddy versus Samothy Guevara. Um, just a banger factory, isn't he, Sammy, at the moment? He really is. I mean, he is. It's it's what you want from the TNT title, isn't it? Just like someone who can just go and put on great matches. Yeah. Um, like there's a there's a that's why I'd, I want to see it eventually make its way to Danielson, just so he can just go out on TV every week and just fuck someone up for it. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be very nice. Uh, did I have any lows? I don't think I did. No, I didn't. Yeah, double, double, uh, double show, do- no lows. Same with me, no lows, no lows this week. Um, Two good shows. What am I going to take? I mean, yeah, it's hard to overlook that first match, isn't it? It's like you said, it's it's just so much. It's just crammed so much action, and it was great. Andrade is just a, a an absolute workhorse when it comes to stuff like this. This is his wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. They, they worked it, they worked it excellently. Uh, right then, before we finish off, we're going to go through. We've got a couple of questions. Um, so Faye off the Discord says, uh, "When do you think we will see the Dark Order in the title picture?" I assume she means tag title picture. No, I don't think any of them are getting near the singles belt anytime soon. Which Dark Order member would you have them? Or Dark Order members? Well, it feels like they're building ten up, doesn't it? Like out of all of them, like he's the one who's getting like the character development. He, he went local uh, last week and wrecked everyone. And the one who's like the future prospect, is he? Yeah. Uh, I could see 10 on a TNT run. I think that'd be interesting. I could see John Silver on one, to be honest. Because, like, TNT, the TNT title is Brody's title, and, like, 10 was Brody's yeah. title. Buddy. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming she means the tag titles as well, which, I mean, again, which team? Yeah, no, yeah, that's where I think it suffers a little bit, because, like, which which of the, the two teams do you put in there? Like, I think almost having them as two different tag teams dilutes it down a bit, makes it harder to pick and push one. Yeah, just yeah, it's um. But like I said, like I said, I think I feel like it feels like AW definitely sort of mixing in like these sort of not thank you title reigns, but like they're making sure that the original teams are getting the tag team title runs in now in yeah. this period. So they could always put them on. I I really thought they were going to put the um, TNA titles on Stu and you know a couple of months ago when they fought the Good Brothers. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been good. Um, yeah, soon you know, be good. Um, I mean, Silver and Rattle seems like the obvious one, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, then next up, who will they feed to Hook next? I think I think we've already seen this. I think it might be Tony Nice because he's been he's been sort of watching from the stands, hasn't he? Not not um not QT Marshall. Oh no! I think we mean like after. I'm, I'm assuming that the factory thing is going to end fairly soon. Like he's going to annihilate QT after QT Marshall gets uh, sent to the great car dealership in the sky. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tony Nese seems to be the logical one there. Yeah, he's been, like I said, he's been about, hasn't he? Right then, not, uh, not Danhausen. Not Danhausen. No, please don't, 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 no, Danhausen. Uh, next up then Chimwag Dan Dan from the Sweet Genome Podcast top lad a really good friend of the podcast big on the Discord uh, says one serious question who do you think would be the first trios winner if they were brought in? Um, could be Dark Order couldn't it? What trio would they be? I'm trying to think of like I mean Death Triangle I've got like they're like the legitimate OG trio aren't they? Yeah House of Black House of Black. I mean, just put it I mean I would even say if you if you, if you want a solution if you want a solution that clears a lot of like sort of, they need to have a title reign off the table. Put Eddie Kingston and Pride Apart. We'll give it to them. There you go. There's three guys who deserve belts or with belts. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Yeah, let's do that. 
Uh, and then um, a meme question, he says, uh, which AEW wrestler do you think has the worst Subway order? Subway order? Yeah. Um, he's not boring AEW wrestler. Probably QT Marshall, isn't he? QT Marshall, he gets white bread, no sauce, no cheese, just chicken, just lettuce. I was going to say just wafer thin ham. Wafer thin ham. With like, just like, just just a little tiny bit of, um, little, little. A little bit, a, li- a little bit of plain mayo, not the spicy one, just yeah, plain mayo. Little, and like a little tiny bit of lettuce. Yeah, well, just not, not too much lettuce, not too much. Not, not and, like a whole leaf, like just like, just like, oh, can you just break a bit off? And peppers, but just the red ones, please. You just pick the red and ones maybe, out and put them on. Just one, one bit of onion. They've got <laughs> mixed up with the, with the lettuce. Yeah, I think that'd be an, he'd be a nightmare and to deal with. And then when he finds the onion, he takes it back to the uh, takes it back to get try and get as much. Back. <laughs> so there's too much onion. He's eight like eighty percent of the sandwich, but he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't eat this. I want me money back? Fair. And then one final question just come in uh, from Sarah: uh, When is Andrade getting a title? He's not. Not yet. I could see him. I can see him in the TNT title picture, like sticking around. I, 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 yeah, I think he'll eventually win the TNT title. Because um, again, he's one of those guys you can just you can just trot him out every week and put on bangers. Yeah, I, I, I don't know when though. Like, does he need a title? I mean, what about a trios title with Brown Purple? Well, Brown Purple with Brown Pie. Pie. I just want anyone to win the TNT title with Brown Purple. Just give, give, give me anyone with the trios. Oh. Give, give me Brown Purple and someone as trios champions. No, I mean, the, the, there's an argument to be made because like, the whole point of him sort of taking over the Hardy family office is that they've not done anything, they've not won anything. So I think to legitimize it, he needs to then bring some gold to them somehow. Yeah, that's true. What better way than with trios gold? Hmm. That's that's the thing, though, because there's like not that many belts in AEW. It's hard to kind of. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Like because ev- you, you want everyone to get theirs, but like everyone can't get theirs because there's only like legitimately what one, two, three men's belts and two women's if you count the tight titles. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's it's a hard one. It's like because like. The other thing is as well, like you could feasibly say women's tag titles could be in, introduced because they're trying to they're trying to like add women's teams on at the moment. Yeah. And they had they already had a women's tag tournament and you know and stuff mm. like that. And there's just plenty of women like women who are like yeah. aligned with each other who they could bring so, in for um, that. Remember the nightmare sisters? No, no, I don't. No, never happened. No, me either. Um, on that note then I think we're going to draw this week's podcast to a close <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect place to leave it <laughs> uh, thank you all as always very much for joining us this week uh, we are steaming ahead towards revolution we've got one more show well no this is our last show before revolution oh we didn't, we're doing predictions aren't we um, we, well, we did, right, very quickly we'll run through some predictions we, we, we mentioned it when when you were talking about certain matches right, I, don't, I don't want any discussion now so I'm just going to give you the match I want you to tell me who you think is going to win okay do it. Jay versus Tay Conti. Jade. Jade. Uh, and Andrade Hardy Family Office versus Sammy Sting and Derby. Sammy Sting and Derby. Agreed. Uh, Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon versus probably the Young Bucks. Jurassic Express. Agreed. Danielson versus Mox. Mox. I'll go Mox as well. Uh, Jericho versus Kingston. 
Kingston. Kingston. Uh, face the Revolution ladder match, Keith Lee versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Rick A. Starks versus Orange Cassidy versus TBD. Hearts that Heart says Starks, head says Wardlow. Heart says Lee, head says Wardlow. Uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Rosa. Rosa, yeah. CM Punk versus MJF. MJF. I'm going Punk. We're splitting there, but we're diverging. Mm. And Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole. Page. Page. There we go. That's it. We reserve the right to change our opinions after yeah, well, next we'll week's Dynamite. We'll, we'll put a proper graphic up on Twitter on the social medias before the show starts so you can see what we've all gone for. Yeah, we'll get everyone's uh, stuff. Yeah, we'll get everyone's opinions and we'll get them all down there for your prediction pleasure. So, yeah, please do enjoy um, next week's wrestling. Enjoy Revolution because the next time we talk to you will be after the show. We'll have a massive episode next Monday and we will wrap up everything that's happened over the last seven days in AW. Tony Khan's big announcement, whatever happens on Rampage, the pay-per-view, it's all kicking off. It's an exciting time to be an AW fan. And, yeah, can't wait to see you again next week. Yeah. Right, see you later. Bye. Bye. Hello, yes, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen has been summoned. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing. <laughs>